0: Welcome to The Matt Haycock Show, a podcast about business, money, and life. Matt has been making money and making mistakes for over 20 years. And in this podcast, he shares his thoughts and stories so you can improve your business, finances, and life, whilst hopefully avoiding the mistakes he and others have made along the way. Listen in and level up. influencer audiences have grown and grown and grown so the valuable thing is the audience and if you can sell multiple things to that audience there's no reason why rather than it being a brand here and then being an influencer here actually the two just combine.
1: hey guys it's matt haycox here and welcome to another episode of the matt haycox show and today i've got with me a brilliant young entrepreneur with a fantastic story and loads of great advice to give us, I'm sure. Now, Timothy, Timothy Armu, his story starts back to when he was 14 and he got into entrepreneurship by having a bet with his friend where he wanted to win 500 quid. He's gone on from setting up a business that involved uh, involved tutors, language tutors, I think it was at the time, to then going on to starting his own business-based magazine uh, where he interviewed the likes of Alan Sugar and Richard Branson. He sold that magazine at 17 years old and he's now the co-founder of a company called Fanbytes, which is the the leading marketing agency for Generation Z, Generation Z. Yeah, uh, he's saying all these words make make me feel make me feel old. You see, Timothy, <laughs> <laughs> he's done all this and he's twenty five, so I really really do feel super super old. But Timothy, thanks a lot for being here, buddy, and I'm thank really you. looking forward to hearing your story and picking your brains. Thank you, thank you. It should be fun. Let's roll. Before we start, I think let's start with this five hundred pound bet. <laughs> I, I, love yeah. the, I love I love the story. Where did it come from? Yeah, man. Uh, basically.
0: 14-year-old kid, went to uh, state school, coming back, from, um, coming back from school, we see this black Mercedes-Benz and my friend and I, um, we basically say, yo, how much do you think that car is? And at 14, you don't really understand the concept of money. So he said, you know, 500 pounds, you know, because to us, that's like 5 million. That's like 500 million, right? <laughs> and so I'm like, right, cool. And then he made a bet with me and said uh, i bet you're not gonna see 500 pounds before you turn 18. so i went home and i basically googled how to make money online because i knew that was the way that it happened now 10 years ago if you googled how to make money online just a bunch of people and fake ferraris with a bunch of money coming out of their cars etc but i did realize this I, I did see this quote which is work with what you know and when i realized what I knew was uh, being really good at math. So I started teaching people maths and then that grew and grew and grew. Other people came to me, French, Spanish, German, and then I became the connector between the two. And that was the first business that I started. And
1: that was, that was where the whole like 500-pound like, uh, bet thing came into it. I mean, did you feel entrepreneurial before that point? Or do you, th- do you think it no. was a kind of a bet that you wanted to win and that made you an entrepreneur? So it was a bet that made, me, uh,
0: that made me think, wow, like I can just almost just conjure up something in my mind and it would produce an outcome. And I think when I realized that to me, it then almost became like magic, kind of like a game, like you're just like, OK, what can I think of today that would solve a problem that would provide some value? And um, and and then make money from it. Um, so it was a combination of that. And also, you no, know, I was a like 14, 15-year-old kid. I grew up in a council estate and I had I was born here, but then I went to live in Ghana for 10 years. How and I came old, back here. Old, what,
1: until you were 10?
0: Yeah, yeah. Cause basically there's a whole story. If I hadn't my I would have ended up in foster care. So I was then sent back to Ghana to live with my nan. And I think around 14, 15, just a part of my brain triggered. And I was like, oh crap, like I'm poor, <laughs> like I'm just poor. Um, I-, I lived with my dad in a council estate. And I think, I-, I don't know what happened, but basically I was like, I can't have nice things. And then that then got me thinking. Right, change that.
1: I mean, I was going to say. I mean, this this is probably the first time I've ever heard that being said. uh, You know, like when, when I've been having all these conversations, and certainly probably never got to ask a question before that. I mean, when you say, you know, you felt poor. What, what, what do you think it was that made you feel like insofar as did you then start to see people around you who had more than you and, and you, you realised you didn't have what they had or, or, or I guess in, in your community, did you, did you still realise you were poor? So
0: I think it was a combination of realising that there were people who had stuff which I didn't. But I think even deeper than that, it was this idea that I realised where I was in life wasn't anything of my actual doing. It was like i'd been to ghana i'd come here and i was in this place and i was like well i could very easily just change my circumstances and so that was the reason why i just said well it it doesn't intuitively make sense for me to stay like this i can change my circumstances and i knew i was i was quite good at a range of things but the most important thing was i was very good at learning new stuff like that's my thing i i I just easily get stuff, and so when I realised, I was like, "This is my superpower." I'm just going to leverage that into everything that I do.
1: And 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 after 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 the business that started from the bet, uh, is that when you I guess formalised in your own mind that the entrepreneurship, being self-employed, you know, that that would be your future.
0: Yeah, because you know, at that age, you know. I blew past our 500 pounds. I made a couple of grand from that and I was like, oh, interesting. And then when I then started my second business and I made like six figures from that 17 for just 10 months of work. And I was like, right, okay, this is this is the game to play.
1: Where did you get the idea from? I mean, you know, when you were 16, 17, you know, what what did you see as, uh, I mean, were you trying to solve a problem? Were you trying to follow a passion? You know, what, what made a business idea for you? So
0: that, Tutoring business, the one I started at 14, that absolutely so I scaled that to like 65 tutors in like six weeks or so. Um, but then what happened was the I was getting a cut of basically all the deals, but then what happened was all the commissions started to come down, and I was like, What the hell is going on? And the reason why they were all going directly, (laughs) you know, like if you have a French tutor, you're just going to stick with that French tutor. And, And then it got me thinking, Well, that whole middleman stuff it's not really the business to be in what you have to do is like own the ip and own the media and so for entrepreneur express i kept thinking okay i want to learn more about business i'm fascinated by it. other people would probably um, be as well how do i create the media and how do i own kind of the 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 How do I own the platform for people to learn from it? And so that was when I started building up Entrepreneur Express. I then started, you know, I owned the publication, I owned. But the big thing there, the reason why that worked was, again, I became really good at being able to grow um, Facebook pages. So I'd grow pages about like Gary Vaynerchuk, Tony Robbins, Les Dennis, like motivational stuff. And then I'd create them zero to 1 million fans in like three, four weeks. And then I would drive traffic from there to the blog. So I owned the pages. I owned the blog. I owned the email addresses. I owned the traffic. And so it was, It was almost the experience from the first um, company, which was like, hmm, what you want to do is own the full stack, which then got me thinking about Entrepreneur Express. And I was like, right, now you own everything. Now you own the IP. And um, that was the way in which um, that business grew and scaled.
1: So tell me about Fanbytes. So how how did that, was that, did that come after the magazine? Is it the straight, so how long have you been doing that? Yeah,
0: I mean, we've been doing Fanbytes for close to four years now. Um, but that came after the magazine by like a, in a very, uh, what's the word, in a very elongated way. So after I sold the company, which was absolutely crazy, I, I remember this. This was an American company contacted me and they said, hey, can we partner up? And in my mind, again, at 17, I'm like, partner up here. Maybe we'll do something. And then you'll sell some ads on my stuff. And he said, can you send over some of your stats? And so I send them over. also added in links of my Facebook pages and all that stuff. Got on the call. This is on Friday, 2 a.m. I'm sitting down in the council estate flat in my Man United shorts. And the guy goes, hey, so looking over the stats rather than, you know, partnering up, we just like to buy it and i was just like shit i was like whoa um but as i thought about that as you went through the process i realized the thing that was of value wasn't the publication it was actually the facebook pages i'd grown because that owned the eyeballs and that had the distribution and so then it got me thinking well if that's the bit of value um Why don't I build a company where not only is in the business niche, but we can actually scale it across fashion, beauty, um, sport, fitness, business, food, drink, And that was really the genesis, like, thinking about it, thinking about it. And then in my second year of university, I then started um, Fanbytes, And um, we started that, yeah, like, um, so I started it, got my co-founders in, and that has grown considerably. So we are now, like, 50 people, um, multiple, multiple, multiple millions of revenue. I know you do a lot with
1: TikTok now, don't you?
0: So, yeah, so we activate a lot with brands like the government, delivery, McDonald's, notes on their gen z strategy so it's like TikTok, snapchat instagram youtube um we've done twitter before but that was dead um, <laughs> how, so, how,
1: so. but do, might, might they get resurrected now they've got twitter stories i really? know uh,
0: twitter is so bizarre because i feel like they should like twitter is my favorite social network but i feel like you know I've held stock in Twitter for so long and I think like the most I've ever got up was like 30%. But I feel like a stock like Twitter should have been way, way, way more. But I don't think they're going to get resurrected. I mean, they had their time with Trump. Trump was literally the one thing to boost up the stock price. And it's kind of meh.
1: So so tell me about the business model for uh, for Fanbytes. You, you, you are, you're a marketing agency.
0: Yeah, so we have three parts of the business. So the first part of the business is fanbites, the agency brands come to us and we run influencer um, campaigns for them. The second part of the business is because going back to my whole idea of like owning the funnel and owning everything is we also have a talent agency where we exclusively manage the biggest um, social media stars in the UK. And then we have a third bit, which is an owned and operated IP called the Byte House, which we launched at the start of lockdown. Where we put six TikTokers into a house. They have though, over 25 million fans right now, um, just on TikTok alone. What's it called? The Byte House. Because
1: I've I've seen another. You're probably not going to want to say the name, but it's not. Cool. I've seen another one that I was going to ask what it was. I've, I've, um, some um that they've they've been all over instagram lately uh, about about moving into another house but it's not good is is there, is there another concept like this uh
0: yeah so there's the hype house as well um, in the u s so there's all these different ones um and um and for us, it's kind of like, that's the, for us, because we own the IP on that, and you know, so far that's launched like books and TV shows, and we've launched all that stuff in there. Um, and what do, you
1: do, what do you do with the
0: guys? Are you put you put them in a house? Put them in a house, they create content, they collaborate Do you, do you with tell brands. them
1: what content to create? Or do they...
0: Yeah, so to some degree. So we have quite quite a lot of um, control over the type of um, content that um, they create, yeah.
1: And uh, But then you ultimately you, you own the IP from the content that they, they create whilst in there.
0: So we own the IP, we own the IP to the brand, so that then um, suddenly means that, you know, book deals, tours, all that stuff, we own the IP. So you have an agency, you have talent, and you have owned and operated IP, uh, but it's all under the remit of, like, reaching a Gen Z audience. Okay.
1: And, uh, and and has, has that business changed over the last four years I, mean, I guess uh, back when you started TikTok wouldn't have been around would it probably yeah probably the last two things talent
0: and owned and operated that has come within the last 18 months or two years um, so beforehand it was just like Running influencer um, campaigns for brands, but it's changed now considerably.
1: And uh, w- what's it like for you? I guess you know the, the the kid from the council estate that only only got into business because uh, because you were tra- you're trying to win a bet. Now dealing with you know the government, you know yeah, McDonald's, yeah. You know, the, 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 these these international brands. I mean, how, how do you? Um, I, I guess you know what's what's your strategy for for winning these brands? You know, how how do you talk to what must be some very antiquated people within these brands you know who who are probably setting some of their old marketing ways and you know not only you probably half their age you know you're (laughs) you're you're talking a language these guys probably don't even understand um show them
0: the numbers man show them the numbers show them the proof it's very easy to win someone over if you say give me 50 grand and I would pretty much guarantee I'll turn it into 100. Cause we've done this stuff for quite a long time. We know the data and we know the creative and we know the type of thing that generally should work. And so because of that, it's very easy conversation for us to go to brands and go, you know, do that. And, And because we've like talked about our work a lot, for example, you know, our first, I think our first like four and a half million we did, we didn't really have an outbound people going out. It was all inbound, um, and it was just because we create good content and we push it out,
1: and that works very well. But what do you what do you find uh, different about marketing to Generation Z you know, compared compared to other marketing seg- uh, segments?
0: so i think one of the things that's perhaps most important like,
1: you know, before you answer that as well maybe just just for anyone watching and listening do, can we just clarify exactly what we mean by generation generation yeah two?
0: yeah cool um so when we talk about gen z we're talking about the age between say like 13 to about 24. um the key difference that i talk about here is so, often people go and say, you know, like, they care more about the world and all that stuff, right? Yeah. And the thing is, I don't actually believe that to be true. I think the only oh, key tell difference... Tell
1: Callum. He, he, he cares about the world. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: the only thing that I think is, um, is different, is distinct, is that we've grown up with the mobile phone. It's basically almost the remote control to our world. And so, because of that, we can... Amplify things a lot more things that we like and things that we don't like and so when you start to Understand, you know, some people talk about using memes and cultural context and all that stuff, but like using memes if you're if you're a 50 year old and there's a meme that's relevant to you You'd like it. So it's not as if you can only use memes for this audience and then no other person. But I think the key difference is that like you've grown up with so we can amplify, I
1: guess we're saying it's not so much a marketing strategy in terms of necessarily the specific content you're putting out. It is the fact that the content that gets put out is going to be consumed by people who grew up with a mobile phone. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Grew up with a mobile phone, have a much higher propensity to share and also have a much higher barrier to bullshit because there's so many options out there so when you realize that you're like right the bar's much
1: higher and what about obviously we're we're nine ten months into into corona covid while we're filming this i mean have you noticed uh, a change in these generation z guys over the last nine or ten months or have you you had to uh you know alter, alter some of your branding strategies and marketing strategies
0: well more people spending time on social primarily on tiktok uh primarily on snapchat as well um people do spend a lot more time on there actually than on instagram i found like during this period everyone is getting higher and higher but i think like those two have seen a lot more i think that you know zoom has become a thing obviously but what i'm starting to see is almost people seeing zoom as like the new club <laughs> and so people are starting to create stuff on social which would lead very easily into zoom as well so that's pretty cool
1: and i mean when it comes to creating content uh, i guess you know it's always important for you know for influencers to be fresh to be ahead of the curve etc i know you're a massive fan of a constant reinvention yeah just talk to me a little bit more about that
0: so I think that um, so I think that the biggest kind of zero to one change that's going to happen with influencers is I think the next billion dollar brand is going to be built by an influencer completely off um, social media, a hundred percent. The reason why is because one of the things we've seen during the pandemic is basically that you know brand spending has kind of gone a bit you know fuzzy and then it's come strong but influencer audiences have grown and grown and grown so the valuable thing is the audience and if you can sell multiple things to that audience there's no reason why rather than it being a brand here and then being an influencer here actually the two just combine and the influencer is the brand and the brand is the influencer I've I personally made a bunch of investments not even in companies but in like actual influencers, and i've said i pretty much guarantee that you would make a million this year just because they have such a strong uh t- um tie in with their audience they can sell more stuff to them courses um ebooks physical products events there's so much stuff you can do so that to me is one of my big things that i firmly believe that the next like billion dollar company is going to be started by an influencer
1: well, I was about to ask you what uh, you know what twenty twenty one and and, uh, and the future holds holds for yourself and Fanbytes, but I guess you probably, probably answered the question there then.
0: Yeah, for Fanbytes, I think the big thing is. Um, so we started off, you know, as an agency, and then as time goes on, we've we've kind of delved more into like owning the talent stack. We are next year. We'll be launching a TV show around by the House. We are doing.
1: Will that be on TV or will that be will that be streamed live on on social apps?
0: Both, uh, so streaming and then also on um, also on TV. There's a book deal, uh, makeup line. Like, there's so much cool stuff there. But I think like, if I think that's where the future of influencers are going, um, then then that's where I think most people should be spending their time on. TikTok is going to be ever more important, but I think it's going to be more important that TikTok is not a social network. TikTok is just like an entertainment platform. People often go, the competitor of TikTok is Instagram, but I think that's bullshit. I think the actual competitor to TikTok is YouTube or Netflix, because actually you don't go to TikTok to see stuff with your friends. What you almost do is you go and just to be like- Consume en- entertainment. Just to consume entertainment, kind of like Netflix or YouTube, where you just go, oh, what's on today? And just, just kind of flick through and flick through.
1: Well, this has been fantastic talking to you. Um, where, where, where can we find more about you? Where can we find you on TikTok, where you give yourself and a fanbite to shout out before you go?
0: So you can find me on TikTok. Um, most of my, most of the stuff that I think would be useful to the audience would probably be on LinkedIn. i okay. um, on LinkedIn and Twitter. I'm like very active. So that's where you'll be able to find me.
1: Perfect. Well, check out Timothy on LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, and uh, all, all the other social platforms out there guys thanks a lot for listening and watching as always you, you can find me on TikTok but I'm uh, I'm not uh, I'm not as entertaining on TikTok as I'm sure this guy would like me to be but may, maybe after this conversation we can have a chat but um, the Matt Haycox T-H-E-M-A-T-T-H-A-Y-C-O-X on all, all the social platforms if you watch this on YouTube make sure you also listen on iTunes Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts if you're listening to the audio version of this make sure you check me out on the video versions too I look forward to seeing you guys again soon thank you for
0: listening to the Matt Haycock show for more Matt check out his YouTube channel that's youtube.com forward slash Matt haycocks or go stalk him on Instagram and Twitter the
1: Matt Haycock and we'll see you soon